This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Morning Majulus podcast. Before our departure, maybe I'll hear 10 Jet, set, go. Jet, set, go. Mapping destinations. You know, I was one of those students at university that took advantage of the study abroad program. And I think mm. that is a sign of me growing up here. I really valued mixing in other cultures, learning in other educational systems and the benefits that come with that. And by the way, it was my best year at university. It was my favorite year at university. I went over to California. It was just incredible. I'd never been to America before and it it was an amazing privilege and I would recommend it to everyone who can do it. But now we are hearing that if you want to go over to countries like Australia, for example, in terms of being a, a student, as in an international student, they are laying down or tightening their rules. It's not as easy as it used to be. No, look, I think the biggest challenge at the moment is, uh, okay, look, university, and they'll have the argument that we're trying to put it according to standard of living, and we don't want students to come into our country and and struggle, etc. But the worrying thing is uh, the slight right-wing approach of many countries to, to, to restrict immigration overall. Their biggest complaint is not that the students are coming in because they do bring the money let's not forget that but their argument is these students are graduating and staying Mm -hmm. and and in fact they tell you this that if you go for an interview let's say for a uh, for a university placement at the embassy or or the immigration or the visa centers they ask you this question what are your plans after you graduate and if you say i want to settle there immediate rejection yeah so it's it's very intense in terms of what's been happening uh we've seen not only just australia we've got canada we've got the uk tightening their policies and the recently they also announced that after april in the uk that if you are going to be a medical or a health worker the minimum salary to sponsor your dependent is also uh increasing so it's caused a lot of um goosebumps amongst people who are hoping to not only just migrate but also uh, to study abroad so uh, it's 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 a very interesting time going on at the moment but I don't understand why they're doing that I mean it's been going on for years I mean this mm. this mindset um, or those regulations but in the end when you're studying in a country and you graduate from this country shouldn't you be working in it and you're already going to be paying taxes you're going to be paying expenses you're going to be adding to the gdp obviously Mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. in a way or another so i don't understand why they don't want people or they don't i mean this is benefiting the government itself whichever government we're talking about it's common sense right so i still don't understand why the rejection of of not letting those students Mm -hmm. stay in the country and work there Mm -hmm. afterwards but uh in any case yeah we're talking about the australian government saying that it will have the migration intake within the next two years in an attempt to fix the country's broken immigration system so basically australia is aiming to slash the annual intake to 250,000, that's roughly in line with the pre-pandemic levels, by uh, the time of June 2025. So the visa rules for the international students and low-skilled workers, it will also be tightened under this new plan. And migration is also what what was reported, that migration has climbed to record levels in Australia, to be specific, adding pressure, of course, to the housing and infrastructure woes. But there remains a shortage of skilled workers, and the country is struggling to attract them. So unveiling a new 10-year immigration strategy uh, just just now, lately on Monday, um, 
said the migration system had been left in tatters by the previous governments. And also another uh, review earlier this year found that the system was badly broken, unnecessarily complex, slow and efficient and in need of major reform. That was what was reported. Now, a record of 510,000 people came to Australia in the year to until June 2023 this year. But the minister said that her government would bring numbers back under control and reduce the annual migration intake by around 50 percent. Mm, look, I mean, overall, there's there's both sides to the argument. One side of the argument says that, you know, we're, we're globalization. You know, we have these worker people who are highly skilled should be able to go to countries where there is a demand for high skilled workers and, and fill that gap. And uh, it's globalization. We should all be living together. There shouldn't be any tightening of policies. If you meet the criteria, you should go over. But then the argument from the home front, let's say, for, for the home students or even for the, uh, the general public is that when these high income or well-off individuals come over and migrate they cause a housing crisis now mm-hmm. it's very easy mm-hmm. to scapegoat international students and, and international migrants to say oh you're you're causing the housing crisis in our country or, or whatever uh, so they they believe the people with money they come in they invest and, and then the, the, the cost of housing increases so that the local mm-hmm. residents are now struggling and that's the biggest argument in Canada they say the cost of living or cost oh, of accommodation is skyrocketing, skyrocketing because yes. of international migrants mm-hmm. now they blame it it's easy to blame it that way without realizing that the economic side of things is also pushing it where not only uh, are there more international students coming to let's say a t- town called Toronto it's <laughs> more people from other parts of Canada mm-hmm. there are, are coming into Ontario looking for, for those jobs and and bringing the house housing crisis at, uh, and also in, in England for example London is the epicenter for all things business and financial world so mm-hmm. people or students who've been living all their lives in Birmingham or, or Newcastle are going over and finding jobs in London. And they, that's what's increasing the prices of, of housing anyway. You're absolutely right. But at one point, Justin Trudeau did mm. use immigration as his, let's say, main weapon oh, uh, to, to blunt Canada's uh, big challenge of an aging and slowing population. And it also helped fuel the economic growth of Canada. And that drove also Canada's population up at its fastest clip in more than six decades this year, as mm. it was reported. But now, yeah, that reversal has happened, has has occurred of, of that trend and is gradually taking hold. So in the first six months of this year, some as it was reported, 42,000 individuals departed Canada, adding mm. to about more than 93,000 people who left in 2022 and more than 85,000 also exited in 2021. So the rate of immigrants leaving Canada hit a two-decade high. Mm. Obviously, before the pandemic in 2019, and and, and the numbers went down during, of course, the pandemic, uh, but but then it was shown to have risen once again. But now, yes, as you said, Abdul Karim, now the dream of making it big in Canada is really turning into a battle of survival mm. for many immigrants. Mm. No, and, and when you say those figures, they don't really surprise me. Mm-hmm. I, I have a very close friend of mine who is studying medicine over in Canada, and he says it's not only the housing crisis that is a big issue, it's an employment crisis. Mm. He's Canadian. It's an employment crisis uh, within those home students because, you know, the level of education there is so high, they attract 
students from across the globe, especially from the Asian region, region, and they come over and, you know, they might be higher skilled or, or, or work harder than the home students. And it's forcing a friend of mine to actually look at studying medicine outside of Canada mm. because it's not, you, you, you can't make it out there anymore. Yeah. Um, so it is a really, really big issue, not only on the housing front, but on the employment front as well. And they're really look, they're losing their residents, their local talent, their local home students to uh, those international students because they just bring those higher standards. And it's also safe to say that it's evident that the world is going through a, let's say, global inflation everywhere mm -hmm. because everyone I talk to, not everyone, but like all my, for example, relatives who are living abroad in Canada, for example, and I have also relatives in the States. And I also have in Australia, and they're all saying the same thing. Yep. Everything has skyrocketed. All the prices, the housing prices, mm. the food prices, the living expenses, they've all skyrocketed. Um, so in the end of the day, we don't feel that burden here in the UAE. Mm -hmm. So for us, we, we are very blessed to be living in, in the United Arab Emirates because you know, as the whole world is struggling with inflation, we have actually managed to have prices here of goods of of, of housing of uh, food of living expenses actually under control no yeah. yeah i think that's very important and i think it's it's quite highlighted by a lot of people as well that uh, you know if you go to a, a, a local bakery over here uh, yes because of inflation the prices went up by 25 fill mm -hmm. so you can at least buy bread for a dirham 25. Now, it's not to say that uh, things are not expensive over here. Now, we've got to understand that, yes, a lot of people are do, do tend to feel the pinch of a higher uh, cost of living and a higher shopping baskets, but we've got things well-regulated here as well to keep things uh, uh, under check, and, and especially during the holy month of Ramadan, we know mm -hmm. that the we have those regular inspections going on to avoid um, grocery stores and supermarkets exploit the high demand of food items mm. uh, to, to skyrocket the prices. So, uh, Kudos to the local authorities over here, uh, but overall, uh, it is it is a, a growing issue. Of course, uh, the house, uh, the housing crisis, and, and high inflation. But it is very easy to just blame it on immig yeah. immigration policies yeah. mm. when it, it might be something else. No, I mean this is why uh, I, I know that a lot of people in the UK and, and in terms of the government, they get a lot of flack about this because yeah. they they do just point the finger at immigration. Um, but it's the way it's structured and it's the way that it's controlled and monitored that is the actual issue. It's not the immigration itself. And also, I started this conversation by saying I am a massive advocate for doing that study abroad. Whether you graduate there or not, having a year out or a two-year um, study abroad program, it's so important to immerse yourself in that other, uh, uh, other um, culture, but also that other educational system because they teach and, and, and provide it in a completely different way. It molds your character in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. We had a great conversation yesterday with a teacher who said just that, and that's why she wanted her boys to grow up over here mm. because that is an employable factor that you don't get everywhere exactly and i think one of the biggest uh, suggestions and recommendations i'd like to pass on as well is uh, you know a lot of international students like going abroad because of the employment opportunities because you can work a certain number of hours as an international student one of the biggest recommendations i'd, I'd also pass on and it's also mirroring some thoughts of uh, what social media influencers had been suggesting for international students is that don't get a job uh, like, a, like an uber driver because you're not going to get anywhere apart from just driving people 
people around and not knowing and not interacting with the general public. You're not learning new skills. You're just driving people around. Uh, don't go for the easy roles. Go for the challenging roles and try to uh, make more global friends mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to sticking to uh, friends of your own community so that you broaden your horizons and, and understanding of different cultures. And that that's what makes the UAE a beautiful place to live. Obviously, you have 194 nationalities and we're all in a mix of different industries. So it's not a di- industry dominated by a particular ethnicity. We're, we're, we're pretty much a mix everywhere. Couldn't have put it better myself. Mm. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 7 a.m.